to Outlandus to podcast, an album-by-album rewatch of Sting's half-hearted insistence that he's working class. I'm Adam Ragusea, and I think that this big, empty hull might be a metaphor for something. I'm Meg Donahue, and I'm guessing it represents somebody's penis. Today we are talking about Sting's third solo album, a Freudian journey through Gordon's numerous daddy issues, The Soul Cages. You actually like this album? I love this album. You do? I do. It was a big commercial, well, not big, but it was his first like commercial disappointment, right? Yeah, um, yeah. It, uh, prior one had gone two or three times platinum. This just went one time platinum. Um, I was looking through the reviews last night, and um, a lot of it was accusing him of just being a downer. Mm, and just such a it's, Debbie it, Downer. It's such a Debbie Downer. Gosh. I think he, it's a perfect Debbie Downer album. Mm. And I think it's supposed to be. And I think all of his preponderance and, and his... Um, uh, it's just so perfectly suited. I Did feel you mean fine. ponderousness or something? Ponderousness, like? yeah, yes. Did right. I say ponderance? Pon- preponderance? Preponderance. There's a preponderance of ponderousness. Indeed. Um, I think that... Ponderosa. Ponderosa. <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember Ponderosa? <laughs> I do. I, I, I don't. like the rolls. <laughs> they didn't have Ponderosa where you grew up? Uh-uh. It was like one of those like steakhouse buffet situations. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Real nice like yeast rolls with the butter. Did they yeah. have a chocolate fountain? Um, they didn't have a chocolate fountain. They had like the chocolate soft serve machine. <gasps> Which yeah. is just as good. <sighs> anyway, um, so I feel like, I really think like that for the first time, um, the subject matter, it, it, it worked mm. <laughs> for him. It worked for him. It I had for not his... heard, heard this album at all. Uh, this is my first listening I just got done with. I think this is fucking garbage. <sighs> Oh, oh, oh yeah. you know, just arguments are going to happen today. Mm. This old cage is released in 1991. Adam, what was happening in the world in 91? Mikhail Gorbachev resigned as president of the Soviet Union by dramatically turning in his badge, his gun, and his birthmark. Just went, and said, take it, put it down on the table. I won't need this where I'm going. <laughs> Mel Gibson won the 17th annual People's Choice Awards for Favorite Actor, narrowly beating out Adolf Hitler for his work in screaming in German during a terrifying newsreel. Jesus. <laughs> English singer-songwriter Ed Sheeran was born, who would later prove that you didn't need to be creative or good-looking to be successful, to which Sting replied, uh, wait, what? New kid on the block, Donnie Wahlberg, was charged with arson in Kentucky after setting fire to a hotel hallway. God. Wahlberg apologized, promising to only set fire to dance floors, <laughs> young women's hearts, and musical tastes in the future. Did you know that he eats, like, a whole rotisserie chicken for breakfast? I thought that was his brother, Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, Mark's <laughs> he, the fit one. Yeah, yeah, he eats um, a newborn baby every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps me young! <laughs> HGH in the purest form! 1991, the year that Sting cared less about the issues and focused instead on his own. So yeah, I I thought this album was a steaming pile of shit. (laughs) And it's like, it's so clearly the inflection point. It's like, this is where second half of Sting's career begins. The boring half. I think we reached peak Sting and what people think Sting is with... um, what was the, the last album that we just listened to? Oh, it was <laughs> nothing, nothing like, like the sun. sun. Oh, speaking of which, hey, we got to go back and fill in some history, okay? Because some things happened in between 
nothing, nothing like, like the, the sun. sun and the slowly slowly cages. Uh, <laughs> first of all, Sting went ahead and revisited nothing like the sun <laughs> and released nada como el sol. Oh, yes. The Spanish and Portuguese language version of Spanish five of the songs. and Portuguese? Some were Portuguese, yes. Oh, uh, okay. He sounds happier in Spanish. Yeah. It's so, oh, Latin America, oh. Your, your whole society is being torn apart by... Point, pointless proxy wars funded by the world's great powers who don't care at all about your welfare. But here, have some of my tunes in your charming native tongue. <laughs> oh, didn't oh. bother doing the backup vocals again. Didn't want to have to hire them again. So he did that. Oh, man. Mm. Mm, that was good. It's good. So good. Forget about your sadness and dance. <laughs> dance away the sadness. Dance alone to this, bitches. <laughs> oh, oh. No, I was just thinking about how sad everybody is in Latin America oh, at this particular time in God. history. Um, he uh, he he does. He goes to the symphony. He performs uh, Stravinsky's L'Histoire du Soldat, oh. otherwise known as A Soldier's Tale which is a Stravinsky piece that involves a narrator. Um, and uh, he narrated it with Sir Ian McKellen. And I can't find a clip of this on the internet, and I'm really upset. <laughs> so um, this was like his song songwriting dry up. So I think a lot of this is like... Yeah. He's stalling. He's stalling. He, he's like, just like, oh, Jesus, the money's got to keep coming. The money's got to keep coming. Oh, God. Oh, God. What can I do? Yeah. I think yeah. this is his... It's this is procrastination, all of yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, the thing that eventually breaks the dam for him, the creative dam, <laughs> is his father dies, which is very nice of his father to do that for him, right? Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> it's good for any artist, really, to yeah. have someone die or leave them, yeah, or it's so. It's just a way to contribute. It's a way the families can contribute. It's a team effort, it's a really. Team effort. If you, you know, if you want to help art, just kick an artist in the nuts. Mm. Or punch him in the tits. <laughs> Tit punch. Tit punch. Tit punch now goes great some art. <laughs> Your mother never loved you. Go make some art. Uh, and this then yields the God, this is this is the most jazz dad ships. This is height. This is jazz dad ships. Yeah, peak jazz dad Ooh. ships. Wow. So, so it's all been building up to this one thing. Concept it's- album. Always been about him in one way or another, but it's definitely so much about him now. But it's not about him. It's about Billy. It's about Billy. Billy! So I never understood that this was a concept album um, until like recently because it, 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 he changes narrators and then halfway through the, the album, we get two songs that have nothing to do with the story. So I'm like, you know what? If this was a book, I'd be super pissed. <laughs> I'd be like, that is so funny. Like, <laughs> like you know, like like out like musicians really can get away with straying off the plot so much more than like novelists can. Yeah, right? I mean, it's not even like tangentially, yeah. tangentially related to it, but it's 
<laughs> so bad. I mean, no, I love those two songs. I do love those two songs. But they have nothing to do with Billy and his father and the lobster cages. <laughs> and the lo- Oh, and also I read in one of the um the reviews that he said that he had stripped down all world music and he just wanted to keep to this Celtic um tradition. Yeah, exactly. He oh, wanted but, to stop appropriating. Uh, yeah, but he does. He um, continues to appropriate. Well, I mean, like, there's quite a quite a statement, which is the very first instrument heard on this album. It's the Northumbrian small pipe. So good. It's so good. I want this to be my ringtone. So this is the one that's about Billy. Oh, and Billy his dad. And his dad. Yeah. His fa- his father who was who was a riveter's son. The riveter's son of a riveter's the riveter, son. The riveter's son of a riveter's <laughs> son. And what is up with when like any musician or writer just needs like a young male protagonist and every man who's actually them in disguise. Right. Billy is one of those go-to names for that, right? Yeah, yeah. Max is also the name of every dog in every movie. <laughs> I mean, if we're just talking about sweeping generalizations, Max is the name of every dog in every movie. Yeah, because so, that was really related to what we were talking about. Time of generalizations. <laughs> we're talking about the everyman. Max is the every dog. <laughs> He's the every dog. Billy had a dog named Max. That is, that's what is going to break Sting's next writer's block. Right. Is his dog is going to die, and he's going to do a whole concept album about Max. 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 I was a young man with my little puppy walking on the keys. I have a musical observation about this song, a sort of music geek thing. Sure. Um, so the song is not surprisingly in 6-8 time. 6-8 time being the song of the, the, the sign of the chanty. Oh, it's, really? I yes. thought maybe it was like a dirge no, or something. No, that's like Piano Man time. It's da ba ba one two three four five six one two three four five six and we're rowing. We're rowing. <laughs> we're hoisting the sail and we're drinking. And we're, we're throwing drinking. up and we're throwing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a very, very simple time signature, and it's very much the obvious choice for a song about the sea. Yes. Um, but Sting has his drummer do something kind of funny with when the drums actually come in. So here, let me get to it. It's a one, two, and three. One, two, and three. One, two, and three. One, two, and three. That's where the snare is. It's on the and of two. Mm-hmm. Whereas you'd normally you'd go kick and uh, snare and uh, kick and uh, snare and uh, <laughs> here he has the <laughs> accent just on a, like, a really odd place. Yeah. One more time. To a place they would Two and three, one, two and three, one, two and three, one, two and three, one, two and three. And I'm trying to figure out if I think that that is neat or if it's just, it's the very definition of musical sophistry. It's taking something that is very, very simple and stock and obvious and trying to dress it up as something fancier, making it sound like he's in some kind of cool time signature, but he's not. He's just doing a fucking song about the sea in sea time. I I think um, I do really like the drums in there. It it kind of gives me like a feeling of repetitiveness and dullness Mm, and... Hammering in those rivets day yeah, after yeah. day. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind getting of your what repetitive I... stress injuries. Exactly. And there's you're no OSHA get, around to help get you some, out. Some some carpal tunnel there. Yeah. Um. So I think that is the carpal tunnel part of <laughs> the endlessness. Of mm. Just keep going and doing. 
So I think I'm going to defend him and say that that was a artistic choice. It's text painting that it's you might say. so good. So I don't care what anybody says. It's a great album. I am struck by how much Sting has changed his approach to his voice with this album. Yeah. It's all very low register for him. Yeah. And very quiet. Yeah. Is that what this is about? I think so. I think it's about like, I've seen some shit. But it's the kind of thing where it's like, and you run into this with artists as they reach sort of your your mid to late career periods where they're trying to kind of transcend themselves and find something new is that they're leaving behind the thing about them that was the thing that we liked. And the thing that you like about Sting as a singer is that like that wolf howl of his, you know? Yeah. You know, that like really high stuff. You know, I don't know if you could, if he did. So if you had like, Early There's not a single sting. cha on this. <laughs> not a single, single cha. cha. A cha would be misplaced in this album. <laughs> I think, you know, if you had him from the early 80s do this album now or do this album in that kind of voice, mm-hmm. it would it would be awful. It would be it would be like Taylor Swift telling you how sad she was. Like you were you're not going to believe it. This guy has to see some shit. Okay. Um Let's do a little ranking of things that are pretentious. Okay, on, like on the fir- on the first rung of of pretension with with an album track list is to have a part one song. Yeah, right? yeah. That's the first rung of pretension. Part second rung, which is the rung that Sting has achieved on this album, is to have the part one and not no have the two. part two. No part two. But no that's part two. Inter- I mean, so. You get the narrative. So the, the, the track listing is um, Island of Souls, All This Time, Mad About You, Jeremiah Blues, Part 1, Why Shall I Cry For You, St. Agnes and the Burn- Burning Train, The Wild Wild Sea, The Soul Cages, and then When Angels Fall. Jeremiah Blues and what is the other one? Mad About You. So number three and number four. Yeah. Uh, how did they make it into this album? I think they're great songs, but if we're talking about you know a concept album, mm. you've got a narrative. You've got... And then you've got these two like these are good songs and Mad I don't about you is just a love them. song. It's, it's a great song. It's just about Trudy, right? Yeah, it's technically. I mean, it's technically about King David and Bathsheba, but it's oh, probably, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that seems like something he'd do. It, yeah, it, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we're talking about like best songs, and, and I think all the songs are great. Okay. All this time is one of the first singles that he um, released, and I think it did. The best of all of the songs on this album, which is to say, did not do very well. I think it did actually do well. Not not by not by Sting standards. These are he had no real big hits out of this. Fun, but mandolin. I'm sorry, that's not native to Castle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's 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 an instrument of the sea. True, true, true. Yeah. Um, I suppose we should mention that this is where. Sting partners up with Dominic Miller. Oh, yeah. His is... longtime guitar player is still with him. Yeah. And Dominic Miller is like a guy, he's like, I think he grew up in Argentina. Um, has lo- I mean, it's Sting was still pilfering Latin America at this time. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't know, I've always gotten a weird vibe about Sting's relationship with Dominic Miller. Which It is a weird relationship. It's kind of like the way a king has a male favorite who <laughs> it's, it's, what, Buckingham? 
Duke of Buckingham? Maybe more like uh, uh, Jared Kushner. <laughs> Dominic Miller is is Sting's Ooh, Jared works. Kushner, and it's not. I'm not in, in a sense that it's, I'm not saying that it's like it's, it's not sexual in the direct sense. You know, like heterosexual kings often have beautiful male favorites, right? Um, but it's like it's it's almost it's like a it's like Sting. Sting takes outward beauty as an indication of overall value. Right, right. right. He's got that whole Greek, what's beautiful on the outside has is to be beautiful, beautiful on, on the inside, inside and vice versa yeah. thing. Yeah. And so he like, you know, his side man is this like even more beautiful, even younger looking, you know, um, uh, uh, life <laughs> boy. <laughs> Really? You know, I've seen Dominic Miller, like, yeah. I mean, I've seen him before, yeah. and I, I was never really struck by his litheness. Doesn't that just mean skinny? Yeah, skinny and kind of like um, light on your feet and... Well, I don't know. I don't know about his feet. I mean, he's an excellent guitar player. He's lithe. He's <laughs> lithe as fuck, that guy. <laughs> He actually, um, in a recent interview, said that he and Sting are not friends. Really? Yeah. Drama. Yeah. Well, it's not really drama. He said that when he first met Sting, that he said to himself, you can't be friends with this person. You're not going to be friends with this person. Why? Because he's just too cool? I think it's... um, I think it's it's because... And I hate to like jump into like a sting stereotype, mm. um, but that we he, wouldn't do that. We here. would never do that. I think he and Sting has um, internalized the class system. <laughs> and, Dang. Yeah, that's kind of what I kind of got from that. Wow. Yeah, like Cold. also, and that he's just not Sting's not a super warm person. Yeah, yep. it's lo- it's lonely at the top. It's lonely at the top. His only friend is Trudes, Sweet TT. Sweet little TT is his only friend. <laughs> Time to acknowledge our first sponsor for this episode, Daddy Issues Father-Son Cruises. Do you have unresolved emotional baggage with your father or son? Well, hoist those bags aboard HMS Oedipus and set sail. Adam, you and your dad recently took a cruise with Daddy Issues. We sure did. Uh, the nautical setting really is the best place to work these things out, right? <laughs> There's something trapped about the a boat. Yeah, trapped on the sea, men together in a confined place, you know. Um, it's a you can really you can really focus on the issues, right? The no food was great. It was all like ballpark food. <laughs> it was like Franks and uh, corn dogs. And pretzels with mustard. Very masculine food. Yeah. Beer in plastic cups. Oh, yeah. Um, that was great. We had a catch every afternoon. A lot of balls went in the ocean, let me tell you. A lot of tears, A lot I of tears. Oof. Oh, my God. Yeah, there was the – so the, the captain, every 15 minutes, uh, has a he'll, – he'll ring a horn – and that's when everyone needs to have their cry break. Okay, <laughs> two minutes of crying every fifteen minutes. Rings the horn and he cries. Yep, that's that's how we do it. Yep. And uh, boy, it was excru- it was an excruciating nine months. Let me tell you, real long cruise. <laughs> wow, real it's long cruise. A whole nine months. Yeah, that's right. Where do you go? Do you just just sail around or? 
Do you have ports of call? Yeah, well, see, well, prior to prior to uh, disembarking, uh, the captain uh, administers a survey and finds out all of the places where sons and fathers have been disappointed in their lives. And it's usually places where they went fishing or they were going to go fishing and they never did. And those places are generally accessible by water. Mm. So he makes an itinerary where we just hit all of those fishing holes. So it's a lot of sailing up river. Did you go through a lot of shoes with all the stomping you had to do? A lot of, lot of stomping. Well, several sets of sons and fathers had killed themselves by the end of it. Well, killed each other more accurately. I mean, it must be hard um, to ensure that kind of cruise. Yeah. Well, oh, no. You, there's a waiver. There's, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't get, the, you, you don't get on that boat without signing the waiver. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it was a hard nine months, but we came back and we can put it all behind us. Uh, and uh, yeah, I can now I can finally marry my mother. Well done. I know you've been anchoring <laughs> for that for a long, long time. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So let's continue to talk about how this amazing episode, episode, how this amazing album. It's an amazing episode. This too. amazing episode in Sting's life. Um. St. Agnes and the Burning Train. St. Agnes and the Burning Train. There is actually no... There is a St. Agnes, but she has nothing to do with the Burning Train. (laughs) Really? (laughs) She's not the patron saint of Burning Trains? She's not the patron saint of Burning Trains. That seems like something the Catholics would have. Uh, It really does. And I would think like maybe train in the medieval sense, like, you know, it's a bunch of followers, blah, blah, blah. But um, no, no, there is a St. Agnes. But no boarding train. She's not the patron saint of anything. <laughs> like trains. She's a patron of something. Is there are there any words in this? No. No. It's delightful. Mm. Oh, oh, and another thing I read is this is the first album of his that doesn't have his face on the cover. Wow. Yeah, but they, his face is on the back. Yeah, well, you gotta I, I mean, gotta I mean FaceTime. That's yeah. that's what, you know, three quarters of being Sting's fan is about. From a commercial perspective, you're not going to sit on that face. Uh-uh. <laughs> 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 Just mentioned. See what I did there? I did. Thank I you. did. Yeah. <laughs> He's a very talented guitar player. How much of this is him and how much of it is Dominic Miller? Hmm. None of that's Dominic Miller. This is all him? How this do you know that? This is all him. Because why would he allow Dominic Miller have his own solo on his album about his dad? Mm. I guess he's playing his tiny guitar again. Tiny guitar with his man hands. Huge hands. Well, I think maybe I like this album so much because um, he deals with like being from the north and being Catholic. From the north. <laughs> yeah, he's really playing up his Geordie cred he here. He really is. Like his whole life he was trying to get away from it. And now suddenly when it's time it's profitable (laughs) it's also you know it kind of this happens a lot with like artists who are you know just super ashamed of where they're from and um and then suddenly they're like oh wait i'm from phoenix you know i've always been from phoenix it's the best and you're just like no dude i believed the lie that you told me you know i took that there's that uh new york times like interactive quiz thing where you could answer a whole bunch of questions about things that you say like do you say soda or pop and shit like that yeah, roof and, and it rough. would yeah and it would roof and rough yeah and it, you it would guess where you're from mm-hmm. it fucking guessed phoenix for me that's broken 
<laughs> you but guys, Adam's happen? not from Phoenix. I'm so not from Phoenix. <laughs> I got northeast someplace. Yeah. But, I mean. Not Northumbria, though. Not Northumbria. Yeah. Not the lovely. Uh, so I did a Google search last night. A on, goggle um, search. A goggle search. I did a goggle search on um, Wall's End. And where Sting is from, because, you know, again, he's coming back to his roots. What have you had seen? There's nothing in Wall's End. Nothing. It's literally like Hadrian's like, fuck that. This is where the wall ends. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you guys. So <laughs> I, I can't even. I can't even. Someone get me some wine. I can't even with today. <laughs> just, just shut it down. Sh- pack it up, Rome. We're fucking leaving. <laughs> fuck this place. Like one of the top attractions was a water park. And I'm like, shouldn't you have like a statue to Sting or something? Mm. But no, like Sting World, the years, you know, <laughs> his neighbors growing up and you can talk to them and hello, I'm... That's because it wasn't fucking Sting. That was Gordon. Oh, I keep forgetting about Gordon Prime and that's exactly what Sting wants me to do. <laughs> I have fallen into his trap. He's like, there is no Gordon here. Oh, and also, I think, um, and I'm not sure about this, but <laughs> like I've been sure about anything I've said on this show. Um when I was looking for the lyrics for a bunch of these songs, yeah. um, it was copyright under Gordon Sumner. Yeah. So does that mean that he's still legally Gordon Sumner? Either that or, oh, maybe this is why he killed Gordon Prime. <gasps> because Gordon Prime is his tax shelter. Damn. Yeah. Because this, this is before, you know, he got started before Thatcher uh, did tax reform and they were still, you know, taxing at like ninety percent marginal tax rates on on rock artists, which is why they were all going to New York and Ireland and yep. shit. Um and yeah. he did spend some early time in Ireland probably before he killed Gordon Prime. <laughs> okay, so this song is amazing and awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing and awesome and I love it. I like how he there's a line where he says that there's one less soul in the soul cages. Should be fewer. <laughs> Your face. Your face. Your face, English teacher. I just think the whole album sounds so boring to me. It's all it's like not these, a poppy. The these whole thing slow is tempos, low register singing that's all very, not a lot of phonemes in there. It's lots of long, slow syllables. And and it's just, boy, I find it really um, uh, cumbersome. You know, it's... It, like mean, the North, really I think, guess. Well, I mean, did you think he was going to write a pop album about his dad dying? And about, like, economic despair? Yeah, but who told him he had to make an album about those subjects? Oh, okay, so you're saying, like, keep your sadness to yourself. You don't want to hear it. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Good friend you are. Yeah. Good friend you are to Gordon Prime and Steve. He doesn't have any friends. <laughs> he probably doesn't. Lonely at the top. He, um, what, speaking of his not having any friends, he, um... During his time when he was redoing all of his songs in Portuguese, yeah, and um, and yeah, uh, Nada he... como el sol. <laughs> no, I'm just laughing about that. I'm sorry, I, I said it wrong. It's Nada como el sol. <laughs> I actually, he's not pooping his pants when he says that, too. <laughs> it just looks like it when you do an ellipsis in Spanish. Oh, is it upside down? <laughs> how, do you how would you ac- know that it's upside how down? How do you accent that? <laughs> well, anyway, so Sting, during his dry years, um, went to Bruce Springsteen and asked him if he had any songs. 
And he's like, do you have any songs you just want to give me? <laughs> and I guess Bruce Springsteen gave, gave him some songs. And uh, I don't know if there is like some kind of recording of this, but just try to imagine Sting being Sting, singing something about some dump in Asbury Park. Yeah, it sounds like something he would do. What to me is more remarkable is the envisioning that conversation. Like, wow, hey, Sting, Sting would have to be really humbled. Like, that would be the most humbling thing he could possibly do. I guess they're good friends, and I wonder what the hell they have to talk about. Being handsome? Being handsome. Being handsome. Yeah. Yeah, that probably would be, like, the major topic of conversation. Yeah. How do you stay so damn handsome? I don't know. How do you do it? I don't know, man. Secret. How do you do it? Macrobiotics. <laughs> Macrobiotics. Yeah. Wine right up the colon. (laughs) Cleans you right up. Um, Wild Wild Sea is another great song. Um, So he drops the narrative for two songs and then decides to pick it up. But we don't talk. He's suddenly Billy. He's Billy again? He's Billy again. He went from third person omniscient to first person. I remember playing this album for my mom. I was like in the sixth grade. What'd she think? She said, this album shits. <laughs> oh, that's, her, that, that's a direct quote? That's a direct quote. She's like, this shits. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah, was that, what, did she mean that as a good thing or a bad no. thing? No, do you think it's a minute? Listen to the album. That sounds like something a person could say. Oh, oh man, shit! The shit! I like how anything can be a compliment if you're like, <laughs> just extend it. Why didn't she like it? Because it's super depressing. Oh. And just as before in a moment, it was gone with the great gods fly. There's the lick again. His ironic lick, but he's not being ironic. It's his earnest. That's like as high as he goes in his register this whole freaking album. He's in mourning. He's not jubilant. <laughs> yeah, in, in, his, in, uh, in the Geordie religion, when you're in your 90 days of mourning, you're not allowed to sing above a, a, no, G, a G2. Not yeah. even like talk above one. Everything yeah. has to be very low. Um, what Another thing that kind of gets me is, so he portrays his father as um, a sailor. And his father was not a sailor. He was a milkman. His father was a milkman. He yeah. was a milkman. Um, but he said once that he wishes he was a sailor, but I think that was maybe just in passing. And so Sting just got flashed onto that again with his revisionist history. Yeah, yeah. He's like, my father wasn't a milkman. Yeah. He was a sailor because he, it's way more poetic. He would have been happier had he been out on the seas this whole time. Not having to deal with Gordon Prime. Time to talk about our uh, second sponsor on today's program. It's uh, brought to you in part by I'm Leaving the Church Dad Training Center. Have you stopped believing in the infallibility of the Bishop of Rome? Does your blood run cold when you see a priest talking to an altar boy? Is Joanne, the usher at the 1030 Mass, a little pushy in your opinion? Have the good people at I'm Leaving the Church Dad train you on how exactly to explain and what to expect when you tell your elderly parents that you've abandoned the faith. Um, so Rose over at I'm Leaving the Church Dad um, has these great mock-ups. So you, uh, say you've got a holiday coming up, mm. Thanksgiving, um, 
let's see, St. Witness Day, um, any saint day really, Yeah, uh, you can go in and make an appointment that day oh. and they will talk you through how to explain to your family why you're leaving the church. Yeah. So they've got all the, um, the it, you go in, it looks like a house. Uh-huh. It may actually be Rose's house. Mm. Um and she's going to run you through all of the things that they're going to say to you. You've abandoned your faith. You've become um, intransient. Modern society, secular society offers nothing. Why would you want to attach yourself to that? And so she works you through that. She, she primes the pump a little bit okay. so you know what to say. So what do you say? Do you just say, well, yes, but on the other hand, I can make pancakes while you are all at church, Indeed. and then there'll be pancakes when you get back. Exactly. Yeah. And she even trains you a little bit in some martial arts, just in case <laughs> your your sassy mom decides to start throwing plates, because <laughs> their only daughter isn't going to heaven now. <laughs> so, yes. So Deflect. Deflect. So, um, but I'm leaving the church, Dad, has been open since 1570. Oh, wow. In, in some form or another. Yeah. Um, so we're talking since the Protestant Revolution. Yes. Um, sorry, the Protestant Reformation. Thank you. Um, there has been a need since then. So you're not the only one. And, you know, they are, they've got hundreds of years behind them. Mm. Just asking for Sting, is there, an, uh, is there a version for Anglicans? Sting's actually a Catholic. A Catholic? He's a Catholic. Oh. He's a Catholic, or was, now he worships Trudy, he says. <laughs> Trudy is now He's his- He's mad about her. He, it, it's, she is his idea of the eternal, so she better not fart or, <laughs> or put on any weight, because <laughs> heaven don't do BMs. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose now is a good time to visit Trudy's Wellness Ashram. Oh, she's so well. Trudy's Ashram. She's sweet, so sweet well. Trudes. Sweet Trudes, our, 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 girl, our girl Friday. <laughs> our, our, our feminine ideal, Trudes. So she's been a yoga practitioner for over 20 years, and boy, can you tell. Mm. Here's our sweet TT on Martha Stewart's show, where Martha kind of pervs out on Trudes. Now, how many DVDs do you have? How many? Well, this is the fifth one that's come out. Fifth. Yeah, the the first oh, one was a warrior yoga, and that's done very well. And then we did a Pilates one, and then we did a ballet one. And this is the this is the. And how many day? How many hours a day do you exercise? About de- depends on the schedule, but between forty five minutes and an hour and a half. And and you look like you look because of a forty five minute day workout. Now, that's pretty fantastic, and it's really worth it in terms of longevity, of good health, of uh, being able to do whatever you feel like doing, right? It's also right? great fuel, because I think the, you know, it's not just about the outer exercise. Martha doesn't want to hear about the inner strength. The mm, yeah, yeah. She's really concerned with the outer strength. She really is. Check out what Trudy is wearing. She's got, like, slits up the arms. She does. Like she's been in a fight with a jungle cat. <laughs> Thank you so much. There are many animals in the ashram. (laughs) (laughs) It also doubles as a biosphere. (laughs) (laughs) I got to say, apropos of nothing, Martha Stewart seems to have like a big, like, herpes sore on her upper lip. That's why she couldn't join 
um, T-Bird in yoga because she was <laughs> she had stitches on her lip. I don't know how or why, but I'm just I think that she just got in a cat fight. Maybe downtown. Is New this York. after she got out of prison? Maybe a, she maybe a, a maybe, maybe she snitched on a bitch. Yeah, she snitched on a bitch and she got her face cut. Yep, that's what happens, Martha. <laughs> but um, earlier in the clip, uh, she just kept saying, Martha. 45 minutes a day, and if Trudy can do it, anyone can do it. If oh, Trudy can if do Trudy it, Trudy can do can it. Do if if it, someone can, and is Trudy. disadvantaged, someone who faces so many challenges <laughs> exactly. in their life, okay, <laughs> somebody who has the deck stacked against her can do it. Let me tell you, you can too. Someone who is such an idiot <laughs> as T-Birds can do it that anyone can. Do you think she's stupid? No. I think she's a fucking genius. I think she is too. Yeah. And I actually think she is a stone fox. Um, there is something giraffic about her. Giraffic? Yeah. Ah, okay. That and, is a And I'm fun, not saying that that makes her look bad, <laughs> but like there, it's not the length of her neck. It's like the lips. She's got like giraffe lips. Um, hmm. Giraffe, I don't think giraffes have lips. <laughs> I don't think they do, but I know that that T-Boss does. <laughs> she's T boss now. T boss. She's everything. She's everything you want her to be. She's T anything. T. She's T whatever you need. She's T whatever you need. Whatever you need. She's T bird. T giraffe. Mm. T giraffe. Mm. So you did not. All in all, you did not like this album. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk about power rankings, now would be a good time to power, talk power, about power, power rankings. Give me a minute. I I mean honestly I would be inclined to put this at number eight rock bottom. Okay, so Okay, stop and listen. So um this is personally my favorite album because it's dark and it's sad and um yeah it's just it's I really like it but I would agree that it's not very Sting. The Sting is like the wolf owl, and he is yeah. like, look at my my abs and my arms and my arms. My arms. Look at my arms. Look at my guns. That's exactly like how he there. would say it too. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. actually, he's from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gordon Prime was from Newcastle. This dude is from Mobile, Alabama. Mm. Um. Yeah. So I hate to do it. But I would put it rock bottom because it oh. doesn't it doesn't reflect what people think of a sting. Oh. Preponderance. <laughs> a preponderance of ponderosity and ponderoses. Of ponderosa. Oh my god, I want that fucking soft serve right now. Jesus, with the fucking sprinkles on it. I love soft serve. Oh god. I want to have a birthday party with a soft serve machine. What? Make your own Sundays at my birthday. Is that a thing you could rent for a birthday? Why not? You can you can rent a giraffe. <laughs> you can rent a giraffe. I can rent a fucking yogurt machine. I love when they call it yogurt. It's like, is it really yogurt? No, it's not yogurt. I don't yeah, think so. It's like 10% yogurt. Yeah. Still, that's that's more yogurt than I really thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm doing it. Number eight is going to be... The Soul Cages. But I am going to blast that on my way home today in my little Honda Civic on a rainy day with no sun. I'll be like, it is glum outside. You guys get to listen to some glumness. Well, how old were you when you heard that album? I don't know how I became such an early Sting fan, but I was like in the sixth grade. Wow. Yeah. 
I suppose for a sixth grade girl, you would hear this and think, wow, that is a deep motherfucker. Yes, it was my first... (laughs) This was my first concert I ever went to. He dressed all in black. Oh, he, not wearing his fancy space lesbian robe anymore? Sadly, no. I, yeah. I saw no nips. <laughs> no nips. Uh, no nips from, from Sting. No nips. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking back on that. I'm a little worried about me. <laughs> like, this is not... You turned out fine. <laughs> I mean, I guess I did, but this isn't normal for a child. So what do we have next coming up uh, in the discography? My computer's broken. I know. So well, I know what I don't it is. know. It's, uh, it's, are we going to do that? It's 10 Sumner's Tales. 10 Sumner's Tales. But are we also going to do, now that I have you and we're talking about it, do we want to do The Last Ship as a companion piece? To this? To this. Because this apparently was <laughs> the basis of his bomb of a musical, The Last Ship. Well, I suppose that raises a question for us in terms of show planning, which is, are we really going to do an episode about every Sting album? Because there's a lot more to come. <laughs> Like, we don't have to do the compilation albums. I know, but even if you take those out, like, are we really going to do an entire episode about the fucking loot album? No, no, no. Okay. No. I mean. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, no. You know, he has like a, a, he made a new rock album like a couple of years ago. He did. Like seven, 57th and 4th. F- and 4th. And, and, and it's 17th all about. And, yeah. Like, are we really going to do a whole. Out. Are we really going to do a whole episode about that? I ha- uh, I've only heard like two songs off it and it just made me cringe. I think that we're going to have to like start doubling up here if we're really going to get through this. <laughs> <laughs> just because you don't like this album doesn't mean his career is a- in the garbage. I swear the next album is a lot poppier and happier. Mm. Uh, Ten Sumner's Tales. Yeah, I'm excited to revisit this one. Another Hugh Pageant production. Yeah. Um, he certainly comes roaring back to commercial relevance with this one. He does. He does. I think he got married during this album. So they were living in sin this whole time? This whole time. How many kids do they have at this point? Like five? Let's see. One, two, three. I think it's three by the Were time. you just going through, like, you know them by name? <laughs> Well, there's Jimmy and Bobby. <laughs> Gloria and Gloria. <laughs> Gloria. Gloria and Gordon. Little Gordes. Little Gordy. Yeah. Sorry Gord three. Gord three. Yeah. Um just call him Trace. So I'm inclined to say I'm looking forward to ne- I think we can definitely talk for a full episode about Ten Sumner's Tales. I think so too. And but so after that, after that, I think we need to start doubling up. Now, is the Loot album the From the Labyrinth album? To the Labyrinth, Inside the Labyrinth. Is that the same album? Yes, Labyrinth thing, <laughs> Labyrinthine. Labyrinthine. Yeah. Um, I, uh, we, Fun I, fact. Okay, what's the difference between a labyrinth and a maze? Um, one is with marbles. No. <laughs> But what is David were, Bowie in if it? If you were going to grab something out of the air, marbles is always a great answer. Marbles or like Sarasota. Um, or David Bowie's marbles. <laughs> which we in, could all have a whole thing on because uh, I love him so much. Uh, he, really just in that movie. What movie is he talking about? Labyrinth. Marbles? David Bowie's in Labyrinth? He's the fucking Goblin King in Labyrinth. Fuck you, that is David Bowie. Yes, with his tight pants and, Why the, was and I his marbles David hanging out. Why was I thinking David Lee Roth? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking David no, Lee Roth. Stop, stop. <laughs> I have to do a whole thing now where I imagine Labyrinth with David and Lee Roth like, playing the Goblin you. King. David Lee Roth was not in Labyrinth. 
And I'm like, that would be a totally different movie. That would be hey, a totally- you remind me of the babe. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you couldn't stand still in the, like the, uh, yeah. the scenes. It's just like, what's up? What's up? What's up? Jennifer Connelly, what's up? <laughs> hey, hey, where, where are you going, Jennifer Connelly? <laughs> I got Muppets. <laughs> Okay, so the difference between a labyrinth and a maze is a labyrinth, you get to the center, and then you come back out, and then the same way, but with a maze, you go out the opposite side. Oh, okay. Labyrinth, yeah, so... So a maze is more like the digestive system. Yes, and a labyrinth is like a closed-off digestive system. I suppose there are animals whose like their mouth and their anus is the same orifice, right? Right. right. So it's one of those. It's like like one of those like really basic cephalopods. Yeah, like a mollusk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So next time you um, have some friends over, you can ask them how's a mollusk and a labyrinth the same. I'm glad we talked about this. Me too. Um, but takeaway is, I don't know, maybe we could do a whole episode on Mercury Falling, which is the one that comes after oh, this Oh, that's too. another good album. That's a terrible album. But, <laughs> and then Brand New Day, I think, comes after that. Do you want to do a full episode about that? I could do full episodes on uh, everything. Okay. All right, listen, this is what I'm going to say. We're going to do full episodes all the way through Brand New Day, okay? Okay. And then after that, we're going to start doubling up, okay? So we'll just be, we double up on last ship. Just consecutively. I mean, we'll just go, I don't want to do next ship next. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. We don't this, have to. We got to ration our jazz dad's chips. Okay. <laughs> got to squeeze it out a little bit of time. Some people just can't handle the jazz dad chips. Uh, does Sting have any words of wisdom for us today? He does. Um, so this is from his song Jeremiah Blues Part One. Part One. Part One. But Part Two is part there two? ever a Part Two? What? What? Maybe. I gotta Maybe say, I, I didn't finish before my. Before he dies, I didn't finish my riff. <laughs> There's a third rung of pretension, which is if you have, you've got like a one part, two part song, but you only have the part two. And you, there's no part one. What? What there, is the origin of that? Because it implies that like you have your work, your your volume of work is your oeuvre <laughs> is so voluminous that like you're not even publishing everything. Like part one, I wouldn't even trouble you with that little trifle, exactly. right? This is part two, exactly. right? Exactly. It's like it's kind of like like my like, real fans know where to find part one. It's like George Lucas starting Star Wars with Episode Four, right? Mm. Yeah. That is a dick move. It's just implying that there's this whole backstory, you know? <laughs> Don't worry about it until yeah. I tell you to worry about it. Mm. So this is from Jeremiah Blue's part, The Dose. <laughs> Sometimes they tie a thief... A thief. <laughs> Sometimes they tie a thief to a tree. Sometimes I stare. Sometimes it's me. And I think he's really talking about um, cultural appropriation right there. Really? I think so. I think he's just doing another one of those, uh, you know, sometimes you're the, sometimes you're the pigeon, sometimes you're the statue. <laughs> some, some days you're the windshield, some days you're the bug. Sting's never the bug. Oh, Sting's always Sting is the, always the, the fucking windshield. windshield. Yep. Always the windshield. Yeah, he's never Can't the be friends with the windshield. Yeah, yep. He is, he's always the actor rather than the actee. Mm. Always the subject of the sentence. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Trudy is one fine object, though. Oof. I'm telling you, she's a church, man. Yeah. She better never get old. She better never get boring. Uh, well, this has been Outlandos de Podcast. Indeed, it has been. I'm Adam Ragusia, and if you would like to contest anything that we've said... <laughs> I don't see why you would want to. Mm. 
if you would like to add something, don't. Yep. No, um, no. But you could, if you were to do so, append the hashtag on Twitter, Jazz Dad's Ships, which has never been more apropos than uh, with regard to this here record. Oh, yeah. This is what I was thinking. This is the record I was thinking of yeah. with Jazz Dad Ships. Yeah. That's the other thing about um, Daddy Issues Cruises. Jazz every night. Jazz club. Oh God! Is it? Do the dads try to? Do they all try to explain jazz to their sons? Yeah, the, jazz, the dads try to explain jazz to their sons. Oh, and my stomach. yeah, um, and uh, it goes. It goes great. It's great. It goes great. It goes great. Yeah. It's so good. Then we have corn dogs. So I wonder where would it take off? Like, where would you disembark from? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Is there a city of fatherly love? Like Philadelphia is a city of brotherly love? No, it takes off uh, takes off from Fenway Park. <laughs> I hear they have special uh, like hiking trips into Grand Canyon and Yosemite just so you guys can yell at each other. Yeah. <laughs> because that's what it's really all about. Well, have yourself a great day, Meg. You go ahead and have a good one, too, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. 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 Bye.